I thought personally if I got it I'd be fine. Young people and sports people we think we'd be okay but the truth is that it can hit any of us hard like. I hate not being able to play GA, not go out and socialise with my friends. The sacrifices are the only way so we really need to help each other along the way. Behind every case there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com Supported by the Government of Ireland. Hi, I'm Chloe Maidley, author of The Four Week Body Blitz and now The Fat Loss Blitz. And welcome to my new podcast, The Bodcast. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking to all of my favorite celebrities and health and fitness professionals about everything you can think of in terms of diet, nutrition, training, fat loss, muscle building. I'm going to be asking them all the questions that I think you guys will benefit from hearing the answers to. So without further ado, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Mr. Harry Judd, who you probably know from McFly or McBusted or Strictly Come Dancing or from his hugely popular book, Get Fit, Get Happy. I think it'll become very clear very quickly why I wanted Harry on the podcast. But let's start with... Hi, Harry. Hello. Hi. <laughs> the podcast. I love it. It's I know. Good. Thanks. I yeah, came up good. with it myself. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell everybody who might not know about you a little bit about you? For sure. Okay. Well, as you said, my name's Harry. Hello. Mm. Um, and I'm a drummer. And um, I guess, yeah, my career started when I was 17. I left school uh, a year early to join a band. Um, and what are we now? 2018. That was about 15 years ago. So I've somehow managed to kind of stretch my career out so far because, you know, the, the shelf life of most boy bands or, or pop bands, as we like to call ourselves, is quite short. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we kind of, I think what was different with us was that we, all musicians, we, we wrote our music and um, so there's like a genuine passion for what we did. It wasn't yeah. just like a, you know, a hop into like fame and, and success. We, we kind of, yeah, there was a genuine passion for it. So, um we did McFly for about 11, 12 years, and then we did McBusted for about two years. And then uh, in in that somewhere, I did Strictly Come Dancing randomly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it's been, it's actually been two years since I toured with McFly. So yeah, for the first time in, in that 15 year career, it's kind of, I've been out on my own. Um, hence why I, I decided to pursue some other projects, some other passions, one of them being the book that I did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's so far so good. Um, yeah, my original, well, my original passion in life was actually sport. So yeah. I played a lot of sport and, uh, yeah, cricket, rugby, football, hockey, whatever it was. Um, and then I, you know, uh, fell in love with music at the age of about 14, started yeah. playing the drums. And I mean, I'm, when I talk about it and think about it, I'm constantly kind of blown away by what has happened in my life. I, I genuinely always feel like really lucky. Yeah. Like when people ask me for advice, I'm like, I kind of, I've pretty much fluked the entire thing. Um, most of us are fluking all of it. Yeah, it is <laughs> pretty much just pretending um, what I'm doing most of the time. But yeah, so I've been very lucky and experienced lots of fun things. So um, there we go. So, okay, talk to us about, you know, I think the majority of people will know you from 
the pop band, not yes, the boy the, band, the pop the band, pop band yeah. plural, um, and your history as a musician. I'm sure you have a lot of female fans out there. I obviously, this is the podcast, I'm really interested in how you got into health and fitness. Obviously, you said that you started out playing a lot of sport and you're a sporty kind of guy. Um, so how did that start? And then how did you kind of hold on to it throughout your pop banding? Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so as I said, as a kid, my my main interest was sport, and joined the band when I was seventeen. And I literally was obsessed with music as well. And, and joining this band was an amazing, amazing thing for me. And um, that was it. At the age of seventeen, I literally stopped playing sport, and unfortunately got into like other <laughs> recreational <laughs> things um, that often come hand in hand with with being in a band. Not always, but um, they did for for me. And um, yeah, I kind of had about two or three years of literally not doing any exercise, doing hmm. no sport. And it wasn't until I was about 24 um, when I randomly decided to run the marathon. Yeah. Um, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, my best friend when I was a teenager, um, sadly had cancer. And so when I was about 21, I think I'd, I'd sort of made contact with the Teenage Cancer Trust. because yeah, they're just, a great charity. Great I charity, yeah. And I just felt like, you know, having been in this band and ha- having some sort of reach, I felt a, a bit of a responsibility to, to maybe do something good. Yeah. Um, and because I'd had that connection with my friend having cancer, I felt like that was a great charity to, to raise some money for. So I did the marathon. Also, as I said, I, I'd kind of unfortunately gotten into some bad things. Yeah. Um, I was kind of quite um, heavily addicted to, to smoking skunk for about three years. Um, thankfully managed to stop that, but I was still a smoker. And also, so with the marathon, I kind of wanted to try. It was this, an excuse to clean. To try your, and clean up, exactly. Up, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't manage to quit smoking. I actually ran the London Marathon whilst smoking. <laughs> like, not during the race, but like during the training, I'd managed to cut down to like four or five a day. Anyway, I felt sort of really guilty because there I was raising money for Teenage Cancer Trust, you know, and I I worked really hard, but it didn't feel like I'd quite done it properly. So a couple of years later, I did it again. Wait, why did it feel like you hadn't done well, it Well, I kind of, you know, I, there I was, I'd committed to it. I did the training and what have you, but, you know, I'd, I hadn't, I hadn't quit smoking. I hadn't fully, like, cleaned thrown up. Thrown yourself into thrown it. Thrown myself the into it. Do. Exactly. And then a couple of years later, or maybe a year later, we were recording our fifth album. Mm. So, you ask again how, how I got into the fitness, got back into it. Mm. Uh, I was about 25 and um, we were recording our fifth album and we were on a plane back from Australia where we'd done some recording. And we'd been going for like, I don't know, seven, eight years. And we were having this conversation about how a lot of our fan base was, you know, females. Yeah. And, kind of didn't just like us for our music maybe mm-hmm. that's, that's a really cringeful conversation but it was how like, we do yeah it, was, <laughs> yeah it was like guys you know maybe like we should start looking after ourselves a bit better yeah. like you know i'd been through a string of like tragic haircuts and and uh, <laughs> honestly <laughs> for real. seriously no like google it google harry judd mullet okay. um <laughs> and so we were like yeah we should totally look after ourselves we should come back for this album just looking better um, like we should take pride in our appearance and we should look great. Music should sound great. So we're like, yeah, let's all get a personal trainer. So I got a personal trainer 
And the guy came over to my house and I was like, hey man, you know, I was like, listen, I don't want to like get all into the gym thing. It's like really cringe. Just like, I don't want to get buff. Everyone starts Everyone like that. Starts yeah. like I don't want to be that guy that looks at myself in the gym. I yeah. feel like I spend half my session looking at myself <laughs> in the mirror now. Trying not to be looked. Yeah, Trying like, not to be seen. nobody sees me. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't want to like get all buff, man. That's like really cringe. I was like, you know, like twice a week or whatever. And then as you say, within like two or three weeks, I was like, oh, maybe we should do three sessions a week. Or maybe we should do four sessions a week. And then... You know, the guys had got, they lived all near each other and they'd got a personal trainer as well, but they weren't quite taking it as, well, hadn't got into it as much as me. And then we were on tour in Spain, I think. And I was in the hotel, I was in my room doing some push-ups. And the guys all came into my room because we were going to go out to get some food. <laughs> Maybe I'd timed it so they could see. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. But they came in, they're like, whoa, dude, like, you look really big. They were like, what? So then before I knew it, all of McFly were on, on the hotel room floor doing push-ups and and everyone just got into it. And, well, apart from Dougie. Um, he There's always one. Yeah, he couldn't really be asked. But, Usually um, the funnest one, let's be Exactly, honest. yeah. That's true. But me and Tom really got into it. And we got in, you know, good shape. And, and you know, obviously, like, aesthetically, like, your body changes. And that's a good feeling. Like, you right. feel good about yourself. But also, you know, I just felt better in every aspect of life. I felt much more energized. I felt um, just more motivated. I just felt better. I was having these kind of post-workout buzz and just this general feeling that life was manageable manageable and just better with exercise mm. and um and so on it you know on life went and the guys kind of got bored with it and, and stopped really doing it they, they kind of do it a bit you know but yeah. I just it just became a passion of mine and I had this great trainer but I then joined a gym and my my mate that I lived with at the time he joined with me and we became you know gym buddies gym um bros. yeah he's my he's my best mate anyway but we he got into it and then it just became a lifestyle and so I, I initially got into it for wanting to look better for like yeah. aesthetical reasons but I soon realized there were like loads of other benefits yeah um and yeah and and then it also created like other opportunities for me you know um people notice they're like oh you look well yeah. and then you kind of get a few your self-esteem picks yeah, up you, you feel better exactly nobody likes to talk about that side of it you know especially in the female community mm -hmm. there is a big uh kind of drive at the moment and i'm a big fan of it yeah that you shouldn't be so obsessed with how you look and you shouldn't let social media um and you know the media generally make you feel bad about yourself um you know we're all human we're all trying to do our best or trying to look our best you know it's enough of the pressure and I'm a really big fan of that but um it makes it very difficult when I want to say a very honest truth about it which is that if you do feel like you look better your self-esteem does pick up and it does actually have a uh knock-on effect on how you feel Absolutely. so it, it kind of goes round and round and round it's like a like a perfect storm uh, a happy vicious circle yeah in that if you look better you feel better if you feel better you look better and round and round you go exactly okay so this is mainly the reason why and why i said in the intro that i really wanted to get you on because obviously you look great i am sat in front of him now he is vascular and, lean <laughs> and has a very good body so congratulations vascular vascular that's what, i know i struggle really hard with that part anyway <laughs> but the main thing i really wanted to talk to you about is i'm someone who's really struggled with anxiety mm -hmm. um my whole life it got really bad in my 20s which i think it does for a yeah. lot of people who struggle with it all of a sudden it becomes this weird monster and I know that you have been very vocal, hence your book being called Get Fit, Get Happy, yeah. about how moving and uh, being kind of health conscious in terms of how you eat can actually really help your anxiety. So 
talk to us about your history with that and how you feel like you have managed it through diet, exercise, um, any kind of knock-on effect that that they have had on your ability to handle it. For sure. Um, so as I mentioned earlier briefly, um, it sounded like a random thing to drop in, but it's a big part of kind of my, my, my story, if you will, um, the whole... Um, taking drugs mm-hmm. um for me that was the kind of trigger to to the anxiety to, to anxiety for the first time yeah to the first time i'd ever experienced it and yeah i was about 19 where it all kind of just exploded into this sort of awful situation where i was you know really struggling uh thankfully i got help and got better through like talking therapy and mainly you know through medication as well um i know it can be a controversial topic but for me it's it's whatever. it's also a lifesaver yeah for exactly a for a lot of people yeah. it's like whatever helps yeah. it's like you know for me it helped at the time um and then because of that i found throughout my 20s i just had this kind of as i put it like triggered anxiety where mm-hmm. something would happen in life where it would just sort of open the mm-hmm. floodgates and my anxiety would just be uncontrollable and in my mid-twenties, as I said, I I got into kind of exercising and I soon discovered, as we spoke about, you know, it wasn't just the kind of aesthetics that was, you know, having a huge change in my life. It was the the mental health benefits. Yeah. Um, I just found when I exercised, I just felt so much more positive. I felt, um, you know, I slept better. Mm. As we all know, exercise, you know, it can regulate your stress. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, and the one thing just... It just genuinely made me feel positive. I I tend to work out in the mornings and I just had a more kind of excited outlook on life. You yeah. know, I used to go, we used to go on tour, you know, obviously from like the age of 18 to like up to this point where I'm talking about 25, about six, seven years. And mm. there were times, yeah, where I loved it. But when I look back, it was actually a lot of the time not fun because I just went through this constant cycle of like, you know, having like suffering a bit with the anxiety during the day like drinking a bit before yeah. I'd go on stage yeah. to get myself feeling okay yeah. and then drinking a bit after the show and then waking up during like, the show you didn't get performance anxiety right well no because I drank yeah, <laughs> like because I would drink and I would, and it would just level me out and I'd yeah. feel oh this is great you know and can I, I would, ask what did you drink I would <laughs> I would drink um mainly just some like beers just like bottles of beer that's fine. yeah, yeah but I'd, I, if I wasn't we'd have spirits as well because if I wasn't <laughs> if I felt I was like oh, I'm not quite at the perfect level of being drunk I'd have a few shots <laughs> yeah. so I'd literally be like hey guys you're on you need to be on stage you're late for you and I'd be in the dressing room literally doing okay. I, I think yeah. I need three shots and that I should get me I think that's really normal like so my fiance James does a lot of DJing and obviously because it's such a late night gig yeah. he'll only do it when he's got a few days back to back off yeah. but he has to have I mean, a, a good old glass of whiskey yeah. before he goes out yeah. there. But it's all about timing it. Yeah. Like sometimes <laughs> I'd go on stage and I'd be like, Buzz. okay, <laughs> I've had a bit too much. And I'd genuinely be like, oh my God, I'm really drunk. I never, I never, it never got to the point where I just completely messed up. But I'd try and find that perfect level of like. Yeah, in between. Yeah, in between. And it just became this vicious cycle of then waking up hungover. Uh-huh feeling anxious, having the blues, Uh feeling like grumpy and just... Anyway, when I sort of got into exercise, it was totally different. I'd get up in the morning on tour, go to the gym, eat. That would then sort of motivate me to eat healthily um, and just feel good throughout the rest of the day and feel positive and just, I guess, better to be around, you know, on the tour bus and the venues or what have you. 
And yeah, so that was it for me. And and then since then, my anxiety has been so much better. Like it's been... See, this is what I wanted to ask you. So now, obviously, you take away that part of your life that you think obviously was quite a catalyst for it. Mm -hmm. You're a dad, you've got kids, but you're obviously, I can tell just from looking at you, still into your health and fitness. So talk to me about now. What does your diet and training look like now versus then? And has having kids helped put life into perspective or made it more overwhelming? I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, um, it is totally overwhelming at times having children but going back to what you said earlier about the kind of fine line between exercising to look good but not to the point where it becomes and has a negative effect on yeah. your life and like particularly as you said for women that pressure of mm -hmm. you know looking a certain way but then also like for you for example not talking about the looks too much to yeah. have a negative it's it's a minefield but mm. you know for me again it's that cliched of like a cliche of just finding the right balance i think in my 20s when i first got into exercise i completely was on the wrong end of the scale spectrum yeah yeah totally like i was training way too much like i'm i'm very a very obsessive like a, addictive person yeah. and so like for, for instance when i did the marathon i did it the second time and managed to quit smoking and <laughs> just become completely obsessed and then go and injure myself and uh, and same with my training. I completely overtrained in my 20s. Um, yeah. And that also that led to bad injuries as well that have had huge kind of knock-on effects in my life. Um, so now as a dad um, of two kids, you know, I feel like I've found a much better balance. I I would say I'm not obsessive at all. And the, the interesting thing is I've been a lot more chill with my diet. I I mean, people think I'm like a complete health freak. I mean, I eat healthily, but I'm not... I don't count my macros. I don't like prep meals. I kind of, I'm pretty casual about intuitive it. Intuitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Intuitive. And with my training, it, same thing, intuitive. I don't have kind of set structure to my training. I just do what feels right. And um, I haven't actually noticed that much of a difference in my, if we're talking like looking at my body wise, like yeah. I have, I mean, yeah, I'm a bit smaller than I was, but I'm in less pain. Yeah. And, um, and also that that lack of information, the cortisol, whether it's derived from mental or physical stress, yeah. is going to have a really positive effect on your body and also how you look. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, taking away that kind of overtraining, mm -hmm. overexhausted physical side of it is actually going to make you look better. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just I got addicted to that buzz as well. Yeah. Just like, you know, like pre-workout often it's like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But then halfway through it, or towards the end of it. I can't, I couldn't stop. Yeah, you feel like you're going to take over the world. Yeah, I just couldn't stop. People I'd be say that's what crack's like. Really? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know either. <laughs> but I've heard that apparently it's the same feeling of I can do anything yeah. I want right now, except, you know, they actually Should be, try. Do you think it's, did you ever find like you then, you come home and you're just like, yeah, but it almost amped. tips, yeah, and almost be, you can become a bit like aggressive with it as well. You're like so fired up. I think that's a guy thing. Right, James okay. Is like that. Right, start tidying the house. Yeah. You just start doing things. You're like, come on, let's do this. It's and so weird. I can tell when he's doing different training. So if he goes into like a England camp, for example, and then he'll come home, he's completely different than he is when he's at club. 
and he's you know playing for what used to be Wasps now at Saints. Yeah, his whole mentality is different. And if I'm going to be honest, <laughs> sorry, babe, he's <laughs> less pleasant to be around. Right, and it is. I think what, with that, Saints or England? <laughs> with England. <laughs> with England. I think okay. it's that testosterone. I think it's the change in training. I yeah. think it. Yeah, with men, I think it has a real effect on your mood. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, so it's finding that balance. And actually, like I said, the training I do is, is changed a lot in the past two, three years. And but still, I, I still find the kind of the mental health benefits are there. And um, yeah, that's that's really what I wanted to get across in the book. It's a difficult it's a really difficult message to get across because, you know, my book was all about the mental health benefits of exercise. And but I was still saying, look, you know, the aesthetic's still a motivation for me. Like Definitely. it's still you know, good to look after yourself. And that you should, nobody, just so we're clear out there, nobody should apologise for wanting to look better. And again, especially women, like we are getting it, <laughs> we're getting it from all angles at the moment. Please do not feel ashamed or embarrassed if you are partly training because you want to look better. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just the balance. Yeah. I think it's that thing, isn't it, of like now, like particularly with Instagram. Yeah. Like it's, I see some people, you know, on their accounts where, it is just pure sort of narcissism, yeah. and it is that has just completely gone too far. And yeah. I think it's it, that is a really negative message. But I know so many people, f- and guys do, you know, they follow other guys that for are for motivation. Mo- for moti- but is it motivating? <laughs> I don't know. You know what's so interesting is that my account used to be like that. It used to be very much all selfies, all photos of me, and my engagement was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, now I've been doing this for six and a half years. I am a lot more educated now. I have more qualifications under my belt. I am a lot more interested in the science of what I do. So now I would say the vast majority of my posts are educational, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's about nutrition or training, cardio, uh, increased muscle mass, you know, and I will, I, it's very depressing and I have to hold my hands up and be honest. If I put up a really educational post that I know is going to help people get in shape, I'll maybe get like, eight nine hundred likes if i put up a half naked selfie i'll get like eight thousand it's so true isn't it and i'm like oh god i know it's so true i put up it's something depressing. that's like like for a good cause or something people just aren't interested and no absolutely not i know it's it's thing is though do you have that thing though i kind of i i constantly question myself with instagram like when you're because oh, yeah. it's like i know some people like that but if i was looking at me that account, I'd be like, that guy's a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's a dick. I kind of got over that because I think. No, you're good. I wish I could. No, because... but I had to because I, because everybody already hated me. I think initially <laughs> for being my parents' daughter, which you know, I, and I and fair enough, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, fair yeah, enough. Standard, you know? <laughs> but I think you know, if I that was one of the big root causes of my anxiety, and I think that it got to a point where. Uh, again, I have been in therapy for years and I'm a huge advocate of it and I have yeah. no shame in saying that and I think more people could benefit from Everyone it. Could <laughs> Everyone could do with therapy, yeah. yeah and I, my therapist just used to say to me, like, you're never going to get away from it. And and unfortunately, we don't live in a world where everybody's going to forgive you for it. Mm-hmm. Let it go. You have to let it go. Um, so I did. And <laughs> it parlayed into Instagram. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is why now I'm still in my underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's there's nothing to be ashamed of there. It's just... I'm just saying me personally, mm. like I often have, you know, whether it's like management or people, they're like, Harry, you should be more like, you should be doing this more on Instagram. I'm like, I can't because I, I just like, I wish I could because I see the benefits there that have a positive ramifications, but also yeah. 
even if I just post a selfie of myself, I'm like, I hate myself, I hate myself. (laughs) So I'm like, ah, you're a knob. Do you know what's so funny is that this is the most hypocritical and slightly sexist thing that I say, and I say it all the time because it's true, and I am very aware that it's not not that great. I'm really off-put by men who post half-naked selfies on Instagram. (laughs) Totally hypocritical. Every time James does it, I'm like, stop doing that. Stop it. (laughs) And then, like, in the same thing, I'm like, do you like my butt here? I'm going to put it up. I know, it's ridiculous. It's weird, isn't it? I know. And also, I find, like, you can't get your true self across. Like, you feel sometimes like you're sense of humor like can't be put across and it's 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 a man it's it's crazy but listen it's um again going back to the whole you know message of of what i was trying to get across i see a lot of over the years i've seen a lot of teenage girls girls and even guys in their 20s who have such self-esteem issues yeah and that is often just meeting people in the street or whether it's outside gigs or outside rehearsal studios and you know these these girls that we meet, these fans, they're it really saddens me. They're so like insecure, and like yeah. we'll do so they want a selfie, and they'll kind of like cover their mouth, half their face. Yeah, they cover their mouth, and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I hate my smile, yeah. or they cover half their face. I hate my face, or yeah. I hate, and it's really sad. So I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe if you know, kind of flipped it on its head slightly, and just said, okay, if you're too scared to exercise because you are hating on yourself or you don't have the motivation because you don't think you can be what you should be then I'm here telling you firsthand that exercise isn't just about looking good it's yeah. about feeling good and it's about a whole kind of lifestyle change and um so that was really kind of what motivated me um but I, I was, think that's a really important angle yeah totally I mean it literally it cured my anxiety yeah totally well not cured I mean I still have my days I still have my moments where yeah. I feel very uh overwhelmed and that that then descends into feeling scared and then panicked and Mm -hmm. it still happens but I would say it went from happening every day every single day uh into now it is only triggered when something genuinely not that great happens Mm -hmm. um and okay fine you know I struggle to deal with it as best I can but the fact that now it is circumstantial as opposed to just habitual yeah, for sure. is such a lifesaver and it, that was purely training that did yeah. that for me. Exactly. So, well, yeah. It gives you that for me as well um so you know the insecurities that you probably have felt over the years for me personally like in my life it's relatable to anyone. I think even if you're successful or famous or whatever it it doesn't matter you're not immune to all these things and for me exercise also it kind of gave me that that constant. It was that yeah. that one thing I could rely on. Because um, often, you know, doing what I do, it's it's kind of scary and you feel a bit insecure and you don't know what's going on out in life. Out of control. There's, yeah, out of control. There's no structure and exercise. There's always that one thing I could rely on. And I talk about it quite light, lightheartedly now because I think when... I thought personally if I got it, I'd be fine. Young people and sports people, we think we'd be okay, but the truth is that it can hit any of us hard. Like, I hate not being able to play GA, not go out and socialise with my friends. The sacrifices are the only way, so we really need to help each other along the way. Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. You're not in periods of anxiety. It's actually hard to remember how awful it is, yeah. how like horrible it yeah. is. It's so frightening. Um, but I'd say to anyone out there who has experienced it or is experiencing it, the reason I feel 
I can talk about it lightheartedly is because I know there is a way out of it. Yeah. You know, there are so many options and I'm not sitting here saying exercise is the miracle cure, but it was one really important step for me to like mm. help me through it. And there are so many other options for people, as you said, like talking really helps you, talking therapies, mm-hmm. uh, medication, whatever it may be. Thankfully, there are so many more people talking about it now. So if there is anyone, you know, going through it, I'm just thinking of people listening, it's mm. go see a doctor. And if that doctor doesn't get it, go see another doctor yeah. because there are so many different ways to to get help. I also think that one of the things that I think it took me quite a long time to actually deal with it. And one of the things that really uh, stumped me was I just think I, I just think I was quite I procrastinated over it a lot. You know, I kind of thought, oh, no, I can handle it. I'll get better. I'll get better. I'll get better. Um, but it was only when I actually called my dad and said to my dad, like, I'm really struggling, like it's getting really hard. And he stepped in and he was like okay I'm gonna help and he was the one who found me my therapist and he was the one who booked my first set so I think talking to somebody and saying I need help and I feel like I'm not capable of taking the first step can you help me take it can you take it for me can you yeah. hold my hand it you know asking somebody to help you for some people and I was one of them um was the first step that I needed to take. Um, so don't be scared to turn to somebody who you know who is a capable um, friend, adult, you know, grown up in your eyes, yeah. and say, can you actually help me uh, take a step here? So, yeah, I think I, I agree with everything you're saying, and I, I, uh, I'm glad that we are talking about this because I know how scared and alone it can make you feel. Totally. Okay, so back to you being a dad now. Yeah. Tell me, how do you incorporate now health and fitness into your practical life like do you train in the mornings like are you um, health-minded at home in the kitchen with yeah, the kids I just, I just bench press my kids yeah that's what i do <laughs> it's actually a really yeah. good thing to do getting heavier as well so <laughs> good. um do you know honestly having kids is um it's, it's highly energetic it's um <laughs> honestly yeah, the amount of calories those kids burn from me it's it's crazy like also i just think being a dad like it's like, hey, dad, it's like, dad, yeah, dad, let's, my daughter's like, she's getting good with talking. She's two and t- 10 months. So she's kind of like, she's like, daddy, let's play the funny games. Like, so she, <laughs> which is like me basically just chucking her around, lifting her up, throwing her in the air, you know. And That's a workout. Yeah, it's a proper workout. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my son is, is really energetic too. So um, my wife, Izzy, has a, a similar story in that she's really struggled with anxiety um, from a young age long story but she writes about it in her book too actually yeah um, i've heard about this what's yeah, her book called it's called dare to dream right um it's more about um, her fertility struggles um but exercise has played a huge part in her helping her cope with her anxiety and and fertility as well yeah. um so exercise is really important to both of us so we basically like tag team so when we had our daughter for example you know she would go to the gym I'd look after my daughter. We'd kind of swap. We both have this kind of f- freelance lifestyle, so it's it's doable, yeah. you know. So you can be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, but it's but, but it's still it, that teamwork. Yeah, teamwork, right? But it's also it's kind of not, um, you know, life's different every day. So it's, you don't have that structure of like yeah. I've got work at nine, so I'm going to go to gym at seven, whatever. So yeah. it's it's very different. But I have a little setup at home. I literally have a like a yoga mat and some free weights and some bands. Yeah. You know. For me, all I need is a tree branch. Yeah, and I'm anything to help with resistance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a big I'm, believer in that too. Yeah, so for me, like, uh, you know, pull-ups, push-ups, 
you know, that sort of vibe is I can get a great workout done. But I do like to go to the gym because I like the atmosphere of a gym. It's just you you go there and you yeah. feel like I'm going to get it done. You know, you're committing. But yeah, with the kids, it's it's just a bit of a like juggling game. Honestly, it's like you just get it in when you can. I don't train as much as I used to because of that. But I mean, I, I find my workouts are a bit shorter now as well, like more 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, because you want to get in and out. That's ha- not a bad thing you either. You have to as well. Yeah. And it's also... Training smart. It's going in. I go in dress. I go in in my gym gear. I train. I go out in my gym gear. Yeah. I mean, I do shower. Don't get me wrong. But no, no, no. I, I live in gym gear because yeah, it just, means at the drop of a hat, if yeah. I have an hour, I can go train. Yeah, so I go in gym gear. I go train, shower at home, and then I'm really... Whereas it used to be, like before kids, it'd be like... A whole plan. Hour and a half, <laughs> sauna... <laughs> Steam room, jacuzzi. <laughs> I might get some eggs, avocado, a protein shake. Just like proper chill. With your oats and berries. Exactly. Overnight oats. Oh, but now it's literally like uh, just quick coffee, like make the kids breakfast. Um, so it's very different. But but also, look, I still tour. Like I, I've been on a tour just recently. And how do you train on tour? And you do like circuits in your hotel room or hotel um, gyms? Hotel gyms, really, yeah. yeah. Don't or, they suck? They, they do. Most of them suck. So they bad. really suck. They do. <laughs> it's so funny when you go into hotel gyms and you see the equipment and you're like, who de- who yeah. designed this? Yeah. Like, yeah. who did you get? Like, they have the most random, like, machines. And you're like... Yeah. But then you have, like, some some dude come along who clearly doesn't go to the gym much, but he just comes... And he's just on this machine and you're like, what what is happening here? Um, so, but often I'll, like... I literally just go on my phone and go... I genuinely just go on my phone and Google gym. And then I'll just wander. And find it. Yeah, and I'll just find really the gym. There's some really good apps out there, actually. Yeah, I've been all around way. the country the past couple of months and I would just go to, like wherever I was and just Google gym and they'd be like, hi, can I buy a day pass? You know? Yeah, yeah. And away so you I'd, just handle it. Yeah, you just get stuck in. And the thing is on tour, like you, the day doesn't really start. I mean, there's a lot of traveling, but you don't get to venues till like four o'clock. Yeah. You know, like do run through sound checks, whatever. Um, so I just train in the mornings. What about food? Are you like nutritionally minded? Are you nutritionally minded with yourself, with the kids when you're on tour? Like what is your view on that side of it all? Um, yeah, I, as you said, it just intuition, really, I used to be a lot more obsessive about it, but mm-hmm. I found that that just started to take over and I, I just, yeah, it got a bit too much and actually started to become not fun and actually would become quite anxiety inducing. Impressive. Yeah. So yeah. now, um, I genuinely just freestyle it. I just wing it. Yeah. Um, I find in the mornings, well, the ideal day for me would be have a black coffee and then go and train. Yeah. And then... And so then, you train fasted. I, I like I to like do... I like training fasted Yeah, too. I like yeah. to do that. You th- I remember before, the idea of that for me was crazy. Same. I'd yeah. be like, no, no, no. I have to have a massive bowl of porridge. It's the idea of being hungry. Hungry, or yeah. Like, oh, no. But now... And, and it, training fasted gets a bad rap, actually. But for some people, it just works. Yeah, and it, just it works. works for me. Yeah, regardless of, like, results-based, you know, thinking. It's more just how you think. For me... Like the process of digesting the food and all that. Yeah. It's just a slow Time. thing. Time. Whereas if you just can get up and go and train, yeah. like before you know it, a few exercises in, you're kind of, you're waking up. Definitely. And then you're, and then you're away and nothing's slowing you down. I'm naturally, um, I sound like such a dick when I say this. No, but, you don't. Okay, I'm, an, I'm an ectomorph. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. sk- I'm naturally skinny. I've hey, always you been... say that, but for guys, that's like the same as being an endomorph for a woman. Like right, you're okay. slogging to get some muscle yeah, on Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel maybe I'm in between. <laughs> but because I, I did, but yeah, I, 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 I was quite sort of skinny, but like toned and mm-hmm. sporty. So I, 
you know, but they, that might also be derived from the fact that you grew up playing sport. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the the benefit for me is that I didn't have to lose much fat. I kind of could just put on muscle. Um, but the the kind of negative side is, you know, like particularly my legs. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many squats I do. Doesn't matter how no. they struggle to grow. You know, so if we're talking from a, you know, um, an aesthetic point of view, that's the negative side. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would. Um, just uh, so my point being is I will eat quite a lot in the evening yeah I'll just eat I'll that's eat so a really much. good tactic and then yeah. you can get up and so train. then you can get up in the morning and even though you might think you're hungry you know before you before you know you had a drink and you're away you've got plenty of energy from the 100%. night before and guys like to, I would back up that advice if you like me like to get up early get your training done before work or just even on a weekend on a normal day and you don't want to have to do like the half hour to cook the hour to let your food digest blah 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 blah, blah. a really good tactic is what Harry does have a big meal the night before it's not going to fully digest while you're asleep um, wake up in the morning again you might especially in the beginning when your body's not used to it you might feel hungry um you're good, you're fueled, you're fine, especially mm-hmm. if you've had like a, a, a good nutritious meal. Go train and you can eat after. Um, and exactly. it, yeah, a lot of people are going to gonna say, don't don't train fasted. But honestly, it's whatever works for you. Exactly. And the thing is, there's so much conflicting advice out there. Yeah. You know, when I first started, it was the new thing was like, no carbs after six. And it was like, oh, you know, God. and it was like, just have your protein and veg and don't eat. And so there I was like starving myself. And feeling miserable and having like such low energy, especially as an ecto. Yeah, like, exactly. That does not so, apply to you. but now I now I figured it out, and I see these guys that come to the gym or like friends who've started going to the gym, and they're like so strict with their food, but they're like tiny guys. I'm like, and then like, I want to put on more muscle. I'm like, you've got to eat, man. You've got to eat like four thousand calories. Yeah, and I'm a like, day. also stop obsessing about what you're eating sometimes if you're yeah. training really hard you can kind of get away with eating more than what you think 100% and this kind of stuff yeah you want to get obviously your like proteins and your greens and stuff mm-hmm. but if you've done a really big session oh especially post training yeah, yeah again you can Harry like get touches. stuck in 100% you, you touch on a really good point another thing um, if there are guys out there listening who are trying to gain muscle listen obviously optimally you will be hitting your very high calorie count with clean foods again clean eating gets a really bad rap but look you know in terms of fueling your body properly recovering your body properly clean food is optimal however harry is right the number one thing if you're trying to gain muscle and you're trying to pile through 4000 calories a day is calories and sometimes if you need to make that up with a domino's pizza and you're on the move so be it um, exactly calories right. are always king exactly and like you said the ideal is the clean bulk but mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's impossible with that high numbers i see it with james it's mm. really hard really hard and re- li- genuinely even hard to swallow it yeah like swallowing all that chicken and like, <laughs> it's, it's so like dry. this is so dry <laughs> and it's like oh no but it got spice on it man it's like yeah but come on <laughs> it's like, like i got my harissa chicken yeah. it's like it's still chicken dude it's still like eighth chicken but rest of the day. tell you what cholula this yeah. is i'm oh not God, i'm, not, I'm not sponsored i promise you but <laughs> Cholula has been like the best discovery for me. It's the best. Because you can just like microwave brown rice, chicken, broccoli, oh, yeah. and then just chuck a load of Cholula it's, the best. it's not too hot, but it's hot enough that you know that you've got some hot sauce on it. Exactly. And it's really low in like calories. Like, it's really low. Any it's, sugars so or... the, that and Tabasco are the two lowest. Yeah. <laughs> I trust your sister. Like, I've checked them all. <laughs> yeah. And it is, you can really pile it on. You can. And it makes anything taste good. So that is a good tip from me, uh, yeah. Cholula. I, I back it. Yeah. I so, mean, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. So basically, yeah. So training-wise for me, as I said, I, 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 I talk a lot, so I forget what your original <laughs> question was. But <laughs> breakfast, yeah, like my ideal is like coffee, train, then eat. 
and then throughout the day you kind of again i just you just try and make sensible choices yeah um and I try never to let myself get hungry because that's when, when you get hungry, that's when mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. A hundred percent. I love, I, I feel like you've come to a really good place of getting really into, you know, diet and training, getting a bit obsessive about it, which I think for some people and having heard you talk, I'm this exact same way as you. For some people, you kind of have to overdo something before you stop and reevaluate it. I'm a very all or nothing person and I kind of have to get to a point where I'm like, oh, hang on I'm really tired <laughs> yeah. I think I've been doing going a bit too hard with that maybe now I need to rein it in but if I didn't it's kind of inevitable with my character that I get to that place before I rein it in yeah exactly um but it sounds like you have a really good intuitive uh take on it now like you train when you can you try and be active you try and move and you're intuitive eating you try and make good decisions this is another thing for women who are dieting um Try not to feel so overwhelmed with it. That's a really good piece of advice to take into your day-to-day life. Just try and make good decisions exactly. as you go. You know, I speak speaking for my wife here, but she's been through that same process. It's like she's been to the point of a, of kind of feeling like it's taking over her life. Training and mm-hmm. particularly diet takes can take over your life, and it's just and it's so stressful and like and so for her, she's just you know again, I think like me, has found a good balance where. It's okay to have a bit of, I mean, she still is amazing with her nutrition. She's so much better than me. But like yesterday I was having breakfast and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I can't try. I'm just going to have some toast. I'm going to have some honey and marmite. And she was there with like spinach and tomatoes and a boiled egg. I was like, oh my God. Sprinkling on some sunflower seeds. Exactly. Like, oh. No, literally she toasts sunflower seeds the whole oh, time God, for her I'm like so snack. I'm so not good enough at She's this. so good. Um, I'm like, how do I have a book? And I, I go on Instagram and I look at these girls and they're like, and then I sprinkled some like perfectly diced raspberry seeds on top of my pink porridge How is with it the possible? and I'm like I no I, How I can't do people do that. have the time to do that? It's people good. love it though. I mean I think a lot of people get the same from uh cooking and baking. And I know cuz I actually used to do it growing up and it was really helpful as we get from training in that it kind of it's that methodical step by step task with the with the end result that mm-hmm. makes you feel in control. It's like packing a bag, isn't it? It's like yeah. folding up your clothes. And I enjoy people packing. people with anxiety respond well to that. Yeah, totally. No, I get that. I'm just glad I experienced adulthood without Instagram. Yeah, I know. <laughs> For a oh period. For a period. I I, don't get me wrong. I, I you know, it's, I, I enjoy it and there's totally like positive benefits to it. But it's, um, yeah, so it's all about, look, it's all about kind of balance and enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I still have moments where I, I see other people or I see myself and I think, oh man, I need to train harder. I, I need to start doing this more. But, you know. Um, Comparison is the thief of joy. Quite. It is a very, <laughs> it's a very apt saying, especially in our Instagram generation. Okay, Harry. Well, I have loved talking to you. I honestly think we're very similar. And this mm-hmm. has been quite good for me because Talk I'm... a lot, obsessive, like posting pictures of ourselves. Completely insane. <laughs> yeah. Narcissistic. Narcissistic, anxious. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you the floor to talk to my health and fitness audience, men, women, young, old, about anything and everything that you think is going to benefit them. You have, as long as you want, anything you think is important to say, say it now. Well, I think, I feel like we've sort of covered most of my experiences within health and fitness, but um, I'll go back to that point I made earlier, that it's all about finding a balance and what and it's whatever works for you. So... If training five, six times a week, prepping your meals, you know, if that works for you, then that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Because 
that may not cause anxiety for some people. That just works for some people. Yeah. But equally, if that's not you and you see other people doing that and you think that you should be doing that, but you just can't bring yourself to do it, that's okay. That doesn't make you a failure or that doesn't mean that you're not going to be good at doing fitness. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Agreed, agreed. It doesn't because that is everyone is different in all walks of life. I think fitness and well, exercise is really important to have in your life, but it's about fitting it in in the best way that works for you. Mm. And whether that is just, and this is me genuinely saying this, whether that is just going for a walk four time, three times a week or whether that is training, you know, back and buys, <laughs> chest and tries, like whatever works for you is for me the takeaway message. Mm. Um, you know, I've had people talk to people after releasing my book um, saying they really struggle and I talk about it in the book if just getting out and going for a 15 minute walk makes you feel better mm -hmm. gives you some fresh air you're moving makes you feel more positive then that is great exercise to yeah, me it is definitely so it's just about finding what works for you and that can take some time um, and I think you know having a goal is um, very helpful too so whether that be so a marathon or whether you have you know a holiday coming up or whether it might be whatever it might be that can be really helpful but again don't let that become an unenjoyable experience yeah absolutely. i used to i literally used to have this mindset of um you know if i had like i don't know like a piece of chocolate or something for example in the daytime i'd be like oh well that's it it's all ruined oh god me too yeah. it's all ruined i'm just gonna eat everything Baby, and i'm not gonna water, yeah gone. exactly yeah. and i'm just gonna go to the shops and buy loads of crisps and chocolate <laughs> and i'm gonna go and sit home and i will just eat and eat and eat. And i think well that's the day done yeah but it is so easy to reset that all it takes is one good workout to get yourself back yeah back on track yeah um so yeah don't let it control your life. Don't, if there's any negatives creeping in whilst you're, you know, going through your exercise kind of experience, then just stop yourself and think, okay, why is this becoming a negative? Why is this becoming unenjoyable? Because mm -hmm. trust me, exercise should be and can be such, have such an amazing impact on your life mm -hmm. <clears throat> for so many reasons. And those three main reasons are, first of all, health reasons. Mm -hmm. There are so many positives to be taken from exercise. You know, new studies and research are being shown about the links between, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and all these amazing things that exercise can help to prevent. A hundred percent. That now I'm now talking to my parents about and encouraging them to go out. You know, my mum and dad recently got another dog and my mum's walking every Brilliant. day. She's swimming again. They're like, out. walk your dog, take your fish oil. Exactly, take your fish oil, <laughs> exactly. And my dad's out gardening and even gardening. Like, gardening's great exercise. A hundred percent, yeah. My dad's joined, my dad, I laugh at him, but I don't know if this happened. My dad's joined a Nordic walking group. Oh my God, I love that. And, no, and, and they go walking like, and I'm like, dad, where you go walking is like super flat and there's no like hills or what anything. makes them nordic I'm well they confused. have poles they have oh. poles <laughs> so i'm taking the mick but genuinely i'm so pleased because he's, he's exercising and and he so in that group he goes walking and there's like 10 12 other people and he's you know they're chatting away and they're exercising and it's yeah. great and my mum goes swimming and she's had problems with arthritis but swimming's really helped that and yes so so the health reasons yeah. you know whether it's to do with, like I said, you know, the uh, certain disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, cancer, mm -hmm. heart disease. There's so many health benefits. So yeah. first of all, you're looking after yourself, forgetting yeah. how it makes you look. Second of all, the mental health benefits. Yeah. 
which we've talked about yeah. that have, have you know have helped me firsthand. So whether you're suffering from anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, um, even just high stress, stress yeah. exactly. Exercise is a proven tool to help you deal with those things. And number three, probably the least important on the list is you'll look better. Mm-hmm. But um, then you look better, you feel better, and then you work back from there. Exactly. So just make sure whatever you do, even if you're in the middle of your kind of exercise journey, without sounding, trying not to sound cheesy, <laughs> um, even if you're in the middle of it, you're about to start it, or you think you're just, you just had enough, just ask yourself why there are any negatives or why you're not enjoying it. And if you are enjoying it, great carry on yeah i completely agree and more often than not if you can pinpoint something that is happening that you're you're not really loving or enjoying it just takes a little adjustment a Mm -hmm. little snag and you can you can get right back on track and harry thank you so much thank you for having me absolutely loved it how long have we been talking for about 45 minutes really i could literally talk i know same i know (laughs) it's crazy it's like we're separated at birth So that is it for today's episode of the podcast. Now, don't forget to tune in next week when I will be talking to one of my favorite girls in the world of health and fitness. She's a coach. She is Emma Story Gordon, otherwise known as ESG Fitness in the world of health and fitness. Now, don't forget, if you are enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe. Please give us a rating. Please give us a comment. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. From our expertise in Formula One, Renault eTech technology now features in our range of everyday hybrid and electric cars. Discover the number one selling electric vehicle range in Ireland with finance from 0% APR, €1,000 green bonus, and three months deferred payments. See why we are the number one electric vehicle manufacturer in Ireland. Visit your local Renault dealer today. Offer is made under a higher purchase agreement, deposit required, subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. See Renault.ie. Podcast Network.